2: georgia fans we're watching on video we got chris Travinio. pretty happy usa just defeated iran uh, one to nothing you
0: should be happy too why are you saying me actually. you're are you not american I'm American. what's yeah, going on I'm not, here I'm not a big soccer okay guy. if you're if you're if you're american you're gonna do this usa chant with me
2: okay usa usa usa, USA. USA. all right we want so we're advancing very cool Uh, But yeah, this is uh, the Peristyle Podcast, a little different intro. We are simulcasting live on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Troy, and of course, uh, broadcasting across all of the Peristyle Podcast network, wherever you can get your podcast. You can find the Peristyle Podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see Chris holding up his USA t-shirt. So that was a little bit of a nail-biter there, but the uh, the Americans took... uh, the Yanks got, got the it. win first win two ties and a win. So uh, advancing um, England won the group, right? Yes. So, okay. So, we, but we go, we get to move on. So now it's just the, the playoff kind of thing. Uh, yeah. I like, I mean, I want to like soccer. I just don't like it that much. And there's just so many zero, zero games. I'm just like, Oh, this is bad. But, but anyway, Americans moving on. This is cool. Uh, this, is all, this is all a good thing. If you have any uh, questions or comments for our show, you can uh, drop us an email podcast at uscfootball.com. And if you'd rather call or text us, you can do that too. 424-254-9141 is the number. If you have the Apple podcasting app, we really do appreciate it. When you leave us a five-star review, uh, any sort of comments or feedback is great. It helps to grow the show. Of course, tell your friends about it. Of course, I think we got some new reviews that I have not looked at. Oh boy. Are you ready? I mean no, a whole, there's a whole bunch of reviews.
0: No. What's a whole bunch? Like uh like five. Oh goodness. Yeah. I'm I'm
2: ready to be uh to be pinged up, to be dinged up here. We'll see easy Trojan. Uh five stars. Great talk great content. Writing this for my wife's phone as I use Android myself. Easy Trojan on the P. Uh great week to week content. Love shotguns, more in-depth pods about formations and non-football related content. My favorite one though is the two-star where 10K and Hurricane kill it every week, especially when they go over three hours, always uh, bringing the young talent like Jack or Keeley back then. Ryan is a master baker, and the rest of the crew are the apprentice chefs at, for a food analogy. Fight on. Master baker. Yes. So I'm the I'm the head baker. chef, apparently. Yeah. Baker. It could have been other things. Dynamic Tom, five stars, the best football podcast. Not just USC, best football one. The team is great, produces a lot of great content. They work hard to get us uh, good info on USC football. The two star podcast with Chris and Gerard is awesome and definitely looking forward to it every week. Only issue is Chris and Gerard claim they're Mexican but they don't even know where it's at. Chris's sense of humor is awesome. Keep it up. It's somewhere below. Somewhere it's somewhere south. down somewhere <laughs> down below. I know that. Uh, NW Trojan leaves a five stars, but the, the says six stars. Oh, wow. So I don't know if you can write them in. Uh, he says, I've been listening to the podcast for something like 14 years. As a member of Ryan's various uscfootball.com websites before that, Ryan has been begging for this five-star rating for all those years. Ryan Gerard, Dan, Harvey, Keely, Chris shotgun, and the new guys have been l- delivering week after week after week. So least I could do show my appreciation by taking two minutes out of my day. To show appreciation for the thousand plus hours they've given me. Thanks. Five stars. Wish it could be six. Wow. The amount
0: of people that still think Keely works here is astounding.
2: I don't, yeah, I, but you know, she's still in USC. But
0: maybe they're, maybe they're just like, like reminiscing to a yeah. bit because like he's obviously lived through the com era. So maybe that's what it is. But the amount of people that, you know, bring up Keely all the time about the work we do. Yeah. Still very high. People bring it's alarming.
2: up Dan too. You know, it's like, you know, people move on. Dan retires. Keely gets a different job. But, you know, Keely's at least still in the, you know, the sphere of USC football. So people can assume that she's still here, but uh, she is not. But we get to see her all the time. Got to see her this morning, which was great. Uh, Trojan 760. Love the show. Five stars. This is Johnny Blaze 760 from the Coachella Valley. Just want to say that I love all the shows on the peristyle i look forward to every new episode and every week ryan chris hurricane as well as shotgun are awesome always entertaining and full of information of my beloved trojans keep up the good work and then uh simone mafia sc all day with five stars love you guys y'all my number one podcast when i'm at work fight on so some good ones nothing bad chris i you didn't get uh, blindsided or anything No,
0: all great. Thank you. I appreciate those, especially the the love for the two-star closet podcast, which just programming note, we will not be recording one today. Okay. Gerard is having severe technical issues issues over at his studio, a.k.a. his garage, (laughs) so we will be going tomorrow, but there will be a two-star this week. I know the last time we did not do a two-star, USC lost to Utah. Ryan. Uh oh. How about that? So, yeah, if we we were saying we were going to do one this week, they would show up to our houses and they would demand that we do one. So, plus, we have a big Notre Dame recruiting weekend to break down uh, from this past weekend. So, definitely going to do one just a day later because, as I said, technical difficulties uh, going on in the hurricane household.
2: Yeah, he's got, he's been texting us about like how to fix Fios problems and like, i don't know dude that's what you gotta call tech supporters you're an engineer you're, i know you're the closest thing that he has he's sending like a picture of like his fios box i like just call the people if we
0: have know. any like fios engineers or cable guys in the chat like step up jump Let's in st- there jump in there let us know
2: yeah uh if you're in the chat please uh smash that like button uh subscribe you can hit the little notification bell to uh Get notified when we do go live, um, so we appreciate doing that. We'll have to figure out what our schedule is going forward. Uh, we don't know what the bowl practices are going to be like or anything, and so we'll kind of get to all that. But we'll keep doing shows, and the live shows are fun, um, so we'll keep doing those. I want to thank our sponsor, Trader Joe's. Before we jump into anything, new Fearless Flyer. If you go over to TraderJoe's.com, I love checking out the Fearless Flyers. They come out every week. Uh, I was there, I think I mentioned this last week, going into um, – Thanksgiving. I only made two trips this time. Sometimes I make like three before Thanksgiving, but I only did two, so it uh, wasn't as bad. I got I got most of the stuff I needed. Um, they got some cool stuff on the Fearless Flyer uh, though. There's an organic Italian pasta, uh, you know, uh, section where you kind of all these different, you know, multicolored stuff. Uh, it looks really cool. So I want to check out some of these Italian pastas. Are you, you a big pasta guy, Chris? Huge pasta guy. Yeah.
0: Sometimes I think I am a pasta.
2: You you are just yeah a pasta, just a yeah pasta that's come to life and if you're into baking uh, they have a chocolate peppermint loaf and baking mix and the picture looks really good which i love my sweets so but make sure you go over to trader joe's Uh, i stocked up on some some wine got some some of the pinot noirs that i like uh and uh yeah so and some of these oh i got yeah lots of those the uh those pretzels that have peanut butter in them like legit like legit um those are legit I just those are like just hard to not I can't stop eating those, like the salt and the and the sweetness, and uh, it's just all good. But uh but thanks again to Trader Joe's. Uh yes, Chris, so we have lots to uh we have lots to get to today. I thought I going to show like this where we're in the studio if you're watching on YouTube. Um this is what we do. We like doing this kind of stuff. We gotta get to USC beat Notre Dame. We'll do our you know, uh, take it or leave it segment for that. But the ramifications of that going 11 and 1, Lincoln Riley on his year anniversary. Uh, we were at practice this morning, got to hear from the captains and Alex Grinch and Lincoln Riley. So, maybe talk about that stuff uh, a little bit. Um, certainly a rematch in the title game against Utah. They don't want to call it a revenge tour anymore. So, is kind of Tully to Pelotu's backing off that a little bit. The uh, Heisman Trophy, of which I'm a voter. We got to talk about that. And, of course, the college football. Playoff stuff. So there's a Chris, there's a lot to get to. Did you want to do you feel like we need to do the uh take it or leave it? Is that the is that the, how we're going to start this? Sure. I don't have a ton. Okay. Um, we can do a brief one. I like we it.
0: can do we can start with that for sure. Yeah. For sure. I'm just trying to stall right now because I'm bringing it up. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> uh This is a sometimes I when I do take it or leave it, it's more like a take one, leave the other kind of deal. Okay. So who is which of these, which of these, yeah, whatever. Which of these is not getting enough credit from Saturday's win? The defense or Austin Jones? So you're taking
2: one, leaving the other. Okay. Um let's see. I'm going to go with Austin Jones, is not getting enough uh credit. I mean, okay. they really were dedicated to running the football in this game. It sort of was like Flipping the tables, um, right? Like it just looked different than what we had seen in the past uh, as far as like dedication to the run game. Um, I mean, defense should get some credit for limiting Notre Dame to 90 yards, but you also let Drew Pine complete his first 15 passes. So this wasn't, I'm not going to say like it was a great defensive effort. Like it was, it was fine. Like they got a couple takeaways, they did a good job stopping the run, but you also gave up a whole lot in. Uh, you know, the passing game to a quarterback that's not really a dynamic passer. So I will go with the Austin Jones, you know, 150, what do you have, 154 yards or something? 154, career high. Career high, yeah. So I think that's pretty special.
0: The Notre Dame win was more impressive than the UCLA win. Now, I'm not saying exciting. Please do not take impressive equals exciting in this one, okay? Okay. We know what the more exciting game was, yeah. But boil it down to Notre game, Notre game, Notre Dame game game. game was more of an impressive performance than the UCLA game.
2: Hmm. It's a good question. Uh, I think I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Notre Dame as a more impressive. So you're taking it? We'll take it. Okay. Uh, take Notre Dame as the more impressive win. Defend yourself. So I would say that um, there were there was a lot at stake for the Notre Dame game, but we didn't see the same kind of emotion that we saw going into the UCLA game. And for whatever reason, there was a lot of, there a lot was going into that. You had DTR talking trash and all that. And, uh, you know, both teams had, you know, weren't, riding a high you know UCLA had lost to Arizona no, you know Notre Dame was more of a you know they they had lost games early on but um so maybe Notre Dame was riding a little bit higher at the time that you know when U- UCLA and USC played but i would say that that emotion i i feel like USC put a lot into that game for UCLA and Notre Dame was sort of like a little more reserved it was sort of like okay we're just going to go out and play and we should win. And that's kind of what they did. So it was, it was impressive to me that they were able to kind of dominate from the beginning. Now, UCLA, you get down 14 points and you you come back. Um, but I felt like they just didn't play very well in the beginning. You know, they kind of crapped up in the red zone a little bit and they weren't good. I thought for the beginning, they sort of controlled the Notre Dame game and they, you never felt like they were going to lose. So I will take that. Following Saturday, okay,
0: completion of the regular season, mm-hmm. I know you haven't seen every season but the 2022 usc season is the most shocking usc season in program history i mean and we'll just go regular season just yeah because
2: we don't know what's going to happen yeah after this week program history i'm having problems putting um uh comments up on the screen by the way so i'll have to kind of look at that uh in a little bit but there's been so many shocking seasons, um, for USC. I mean,
0: what's one that comes to mind.
2: I mean, you look at even Pete Carroll's first year, like, uh, their second year after going six and six, um, to win the, the orange bowl. Like that was pretty shocking. And then you kind of got on a roll after that. Um, like the Lane Kiffin, you know, going what was it? The what year was that when he, they were preseason number one and, finished like six and six or whatever it was. And, uh, it was just, I, yeah, I mean, that was pretty shocking how bad that, you know, that kind of turned around. Um, even the the 2016 season to start off one and three and like win the Rose bowl, like there was some pretty shocking stuff there, but that's kind of including everything. Um, sh- it's tough because I pre- predicted this team would be nine and three and they're 11 at once, so, like two games better, you know, I think there was a bunch of other ones where they were like more than two games better or worse that you could say a little more shocking. Like that one year, I'm blanking on the year it was, but late Kiffin's year that they had. um, Yeah, that just crapped the bed uh, on that one. Uh, Yeah, so I'm going to leave this one.
0: Okay. Yeah. Perfectly fair, but I made you think about it. You did. This is the most confident USC's defense has been all season going into this game.
2: I'm going to take that um, mostly because they've done things that, you know, they, they've had goals and they want to accomplish the goals. You know, there's, they've talked about, we heard from this morning, the turnover stuff. Shane Lee was talking about Like, that's just the focus. Like you're always um, Alex Grinch talked about, it. he said like, if a team is minus 24 or gets 24 takeaways, that's nine wins. Like what doesn't matter what the offense does. And they have, you know, there's like metrics, I guess that can show this. So I feel like, you know, to get some takeaways, to limit the run game. Um, I think they're pretty confident, you know, and then going into this one, knowing how badly Dalton can take Kincaid beat you and Cam rising and both those guys might not being hundred um, percent. I think there's some extra confidence going into this one. Like I, I feel like USC could lose this game. I feel like USC's defense could give up a bunch of points, but I don't think it's going to be because, of the the same factors that happened in the last Utah game, if that makes sense, I feel like they're going to be confidently not going to allow that to happen. Now you might allow something else. You stop Notre Dame from running the ball, and some quarterback who doesn't really throw the ball very well throws it all over the place. So that something like that could happen. Um, you know, Utah doesn't have a lot of like wide receiver threats, so maybe they have a couple wide receivers have big games. I'm not sure, but I think they're going to take away what you or you know what the problem has. You know, has, was last time, uh, which was Dalton Kincaid and Cam Rising and his running ability. And finally, Utah will score less than forty-three points in the rematch. Yes, I'm going to take that all day. I just feel like USC sort of on like an upward trajectory, and and uh, Utah is a little bit more of a downward one. Now, who knows? Maybe Kincaid's completely healthy. Maybe uh, Cam Rising is is back. But there was a, I mean. The whole body blow theory, like when USC and Utah played, they both came out of that game banged up. They were both injured. And then I think Utah had to play Oregon, and it seemed like a little bit of the same, you know, where it was a very physical game. And, um, you know, now we'll see. I mean, we we don't know who's going to play in this one. Uh, they did get a, you know, kind of a get right game last week against Colorado, so they didn't have a tough test scored 62 points or whatever it was, and just blows you know the the buffaloes away um but I, I just don't know how healthy they're going to be coming into this one so I yeah I'm going to take this one I don't think Utah's scoring that many points um has anyone who has scored that many points on USC that was the most all year right I believe s- yeah I don't 45 wait no I don't think so no one what did UCLA score 42. Oh, 45 45 yep yeah so it's 48 45 so I'm okay. not crazy so it was one more okay uh i'm not crazy yeah but i think they're gonna keep them under that
0: okay well that's all i got for you
2: nice um yeah it was uh i mean big win uh in the coliseum needed it you got it that's what's important uh it's amazing one year later chris uh lincoln riley was kind of asked about that a little bit today it's hard to hear there's a whole bunch of uh cameramen around. It was just a very deep group uh, talking to Lincoln Riley. And Ryan hates uh, TV camera crews. They just kind of take up so much space and it's a very small space and they just, yeah. It's not, not, some of them are very nice and some of them are not. He's um, lying off, off, yeah. off, off show. He's going to be like <laughs> mer, 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 mer. screw those guys. No, um, but so listening to him, this was the, you know, November 29th was the day that we had the press conference up at the 1923 club in the Coliseum and Rick Caruso and Carol Fultz and Mike Bone and Brandon Sosna. Sosna, And everybody was talking about introducing head coach Lincoln Riley. And there was talks about championships and all this stuff, which just seemed pretty far-fetched after the four and eight season uh, that you just witnessed. And lo and behold, a year later, They are 11-1 and and, uh, on the verge of winning a Pac-12 championship and making it to the very first college football playoff in USC history, the first Pac-12 college football playoff berth since 2016, that season we mentioned about the Rose Bowl. Um, Yeah, Sam Darnold was at USC the last time uh, the Pac-12 made the playoff. That's a lot. That's a lot to overcome in one year, Chris. And and It's pretty impressive what Lincoln Riley has been able to do. It's frankly...
0: Stunning. I mean, I would say. I mean, we all knew that. Look, that it wasn't going to be a losing season. We all knew it was going to be better than four and eight. We we knew that. You know, there were still some people that thought this is still going to be a losing year. That was a very minor group of people, but you know, we felt pretty confident that they were going to get around those nine wins, and I felt pretty good about a ten win season at least for this year, but to be 11 and one and only be 11 and one because of a one point loss on the road to Utah is mind blowing just how well this team has come together and how well they've been playing. You know, there've been some hiccups, you know, Oregon state that was, that could have easily been a loss if not for some late game heroics and a, a defense that played out of its mind in that game. And, USC's defense I think would have cost some games this season if not for an incredible amount of turnovers that's like on a historic pace like could have the highest turnover margin in you know the history of college football or the most since uh, a long time ago. I, I don't remember what the it was like plus 24 is like the record or something like that. So just a historic pace in terms of turnovers and a Heisman winner. We knew Caleb was talented. We knew Caleb was going to be one of the best in the country and a Heisman contender. But to see him now. You know, a uh, year later from when this thing started, I know he wasn't part of the Trojans by the time uh Lincoln Riley had been hired to coach USC, but to see him now as, you know, the favorite to win the Heisman, to be USC's next Heisman winner is crazy. That was something that was talked about, like, hey, this kid could win the Heisman this year. Maybe he wins it next year, junior year, but no, it's now. And that's kind of been... The theme with Lincoln Riley. It's not, you know, people thought a couple years, a couple years, they're going to be back on the path. But no, it's now. It's right now. It's happening right now. They're one win away from being in the college football playoff. And, you know, college football rankings come out in a couple hours. We fully expect them to be number four with Ohio State losing, LSU losing, LSU number five. Uh, big thorn in the side of USC fans who thought, You know why was the two loss LSU team above USC at at ten and one, but you know those teams lost USC won, another ranked win. I mean I'd be shocked if they're not four in a couple hours and that they're in the playoff at that point. If you win, you know you're number four team in the country. So yeah, it's out. It's it's crazy to think about how we were you know going into that Cal week and now we're possibly having to book arrangements to go to Atlanta, Georgia. Where they'll play the number one seed Georgia in you know the Peach Bowl for a chance to go to the national championship. That's all crazy, Ryan. It's it's crazy to say. And I know we tried to temper expectations in the offseason. Like schedule sets up for it. You know, talent is there offensively, defense has a lot of questions, depth on the offensive line is questioned, depth in general is, is questionable. Will this team gel together? We had all these question marks, but here we are. One win away. From them from covering them in the playoff and that's crazy to me and it's not it shouldn't be that crazy because stuff like this happens all the time in sports right it's called football you know crazy losses crazy wins crazy seasons storybook season right now and yeah it's uh it's crazy to think about where we were a year ago so yeah I'm I'm just enjoying the ride and you as a UC USc fan should enjoy the ride uh that they're on right now because they're Going past the wild expectations of a lot of people, but not Lincoln Riley, based on what he was saying when he got here. So,
2: heck of a season, heck of a season. And uh, when you look back at everything that's going on, it's very important. Friday's game against Utah is very important. So much more can be accomplished. Even coming into like the UCLA game, you know USC had nine wins, and you're like, wow, the floor is nine and three. Like they could lose to UCLA, and Notre Dame. Like you feel a lot different about things. Well, you go get that win against UCLA, big. Then you, you know, you take, so that's eight and one in Pac-12 play. You're, you're in, you're in the Pac-12 championship game. Then you beat Notre Dame. And now it's like, wow, now you're in the playoff. If you, uh, if you, uh, take care of business against Utah and that's, you know, and Caleb Williams essentially have won the Heisman with, you know, unless he has some sort of, uh, absolute choke job, uh, in the Pac-12 championship game against Utah. So it's, I mean, a lot of things sort of had to fall into place in this last year and they did, but you have to give. Whenever you see success like this, a lot of times you look at the end result and you're like, okay, there's this. And I've seen some fans making comments about, oh, they bought all these players and all this kind of stuff. It, you know, it's to be fair, USC's NIL ducks are not in a row, so like they're not exactly uh, crushing the NIL world. But that people think that they are, and I don't know if that's good or bad perception-wise. But a lot of this just like, what decisions did you make? And Caleb Williams talked about this uh, after the Notre Dame game. What decisions – what did you make in the spring? What did you do in the spring? How did you put this recruiting class together in December? And then decisions you made to hit the transfer portal in what areas? And which players you bring in? Not just this guy's talented, but will they gel? I mean, one of the more impressive things is that they've – he's brought a team together of players from all over the country – and players that were on the current team and staff from all over the country. And they all kind of came together as a cohesive unit uh, fairly quickly. And I, you haven't seen that a lot with teams that have been um, built a lot through the transfer portal. I think that's a very difficult thing to do. So the fact that he was able to do that is pretty impressive, but so many good decisions were made early on. And it's sort of like the basis for how you would get here. It's not just you look at the end result and like, Oh, that's amazing. Like, you know you want the food analogy it's like you look at this beautiful like wedding cake well there might have been you know weeks of planning going into this and what you know what all the different ingredients you had to buy whatever it is and how you it came together and people made different layers and how they were you know stacked on top of each other and delivered to the venue and to get it to the where it is before the the the, the bride and groom cut it and you know put it in each other's faces like that was probably a long journey to get that there and you can't just look at the the end result and go okay that's just easy there was a lot that went into it, you know, and it's, it's not just acquiring talent and the staff and everything. There was a lot that kind of went into building this up to the point, fo- the point where you've lost one game by one point that you weren't, you know, you were winning the whole game or, you know, tighter winning the whole game until the last 43 seconds or whatever it was. You have a quarterback that's, you know, now the favorite to win the Heisman trophy. You can make the playoff for the first time. USC's never made the playoff before. Uh, all that stuff is the it took a lot of good decisions early on. And the first one was definitely hiring Lincoln Riley, they made better decisions, you know, good decisions going into that, like building the infrastructure around the football program to allow a guy like Lincoln Riley to succeed. But when Mike Bowen, Brandon Sossner brought him in a year ago, this is what you wanted. And when we, you know, when I was screaming at everybody, they're like, look, USC can be good. They're like, oh, they're never going to be good. They suck, blah, blah, blah. Cause they, they had like the Heltonitis thing going on. I said, all you have to do is hire someone that's good at their job. And you'll be good. I didn't expect like this good this fast, but that's what it takes. Just hire someone that's good at their job. They did that. And voila, USC can go to the playoff now. Like that's all it takes is making a good decision.
0: Boom. <laughs> you kind of just stopped there. I thought you were gonna go yeah, for two more minutes. I, probably- <laughs> I had a I had a question I wanted to ask yeah. you on this show, as someone who Am I correct that you are a Heisman voter?
2: I am a Heisman voter, yes. Yeah,
0: I don't know if you've mentioned that before, but (laughs) as someone who has watched uh, some pretty good Heisman years, you know, Reggie, uh, Carson, Matt, and now you're maybe adding your fourth Heisman season that you've watched uh, with Caleb Williams. Yeah. Particularly with the quarterbacks, Matt and Carson and Caleb, is there anything that, feel similar about their respective seasons not in terms of like their play i'm talking about just like the feel of a heisman season is there a common thread
2: that Um, you feel
0: between all three of those guys
2: i would say uh for carson palmer it was sort of a slow it was a slow build like simmer yeah you had it like he wasn't on the cover of the media guide but back then media guides were a big deal like there would be these color books and everything and your best player would be on there. Like Carson Palmer wasn't on the cover and he won the Heisman that year. So that's kind of weird. You know, the three quarterbacks all finished against Notre Dame. So it's even years and you get Notre Dame at home at the end of the season. You got really an opportunity to put a stamp on things with Leonard. It was like, you know, they were just so good that that's kind of like, it was, that felt a little different, you know, where Carson Palmer, you, you know, they, they weren't undefeated this USC team's not undefeated but by the end of the season you kind of look at like nobody's playing quarterback better than this guy and uh, so i think that might be the common theme definitely at the end of the year but i guess liner would be a little bit different than the other the other two quarterbacks and then reggie too like coming off a of heisman coming off a of, you know playing with a 34 game win streak and all that kind of stuff that that and, and he was just such a gen- dynamic player that you know you would see him on special teams and all the different stuff so his was more unique the quarterbacks, I think there's some similar paths, but I would say like Carson Palmer and and uh Caleb Williams are they're, they're more similar paths just because of the way they kind of some adversity earlier on the season and then sort of kind of build up to this point where what Caleb had like 20 touchdowns over four games. And um, you know, the 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 real thing with Caleb Williams is just the lack of turnovers. Like no, as much as he runs around, I mean, how much does he run around? He runs around a lot, not a single fumble. Um, you know, three picks, pretty impressive. 44 touchdowns, three total turnovers. Uh, that's I mean that those are just numbers that are just like kind of blow your mind.
0: So I guess in terms of Carson and Matt and Caleb, it feels like his season is sort of in between those two in terms of Carson was not even like thought about as a Heisman guy. Caleb was considered a Heisman guy, but he was like not super high on the list he was maybe like the fifth sixth guy yeah was not a favorite going into the season uh, by any stretch but definitely in the conversation uh similar to matt and that they had a lot of hype around them yeah. for the season but you didn't really know how good usc as a team was going to be there's definitely a lot of attention obviously on lincoln riley first year trojans all these transfers how's it going to work how's it going to look and it's just taken off so it feels like it's based on what you were saying, it's kind of in between those two in terms of a lot of attention, but you didn't really know if they were going to be six and six or eight, and four or whatever. And now yeah. here they are at 11 one and Caleb had some Heisman buzz, but not like the level of Matt uh, certainly more than Carson did uh, in his year. So it's kind of in between those two.
2: Yeah. I would say, cause you know, USC just won the orange bowl and Leinert and Busher back. And there's just like, Oh wow, these guys are really good. So I think there was some of that with, with Caleb because of, you know, changing programs and he wasn't the full-time starter last year. Uh, you know, it, there was just kind of like, okay, we expect Caleb Williams to have a good year this year and everyone's going to know who he is. And then by next year, he'll be like a Heisman favorite. This is sort of ahead of schedule for Caleb Williams, just like it's ahead of schedule for USC to potentially make the the college football playoff. I think it's probably going to take some more seasoning for them to be a national championship, like contender contender. But if you make the playoffs you're in the top four, you're, I guess you're a contender um, I don't know if they'd be able to be competitive against a team like Georgia. I mean, but who knows? Like the way this offense is playing, I mean, I'm not going to discount anything at this point. But for for Caleb, yeah, I think it would be somewhere, you know, in between those two guys. But as far as like being, you know, dynamic athlete, like you know, it's, Reggie Bush would be the only one that was close, right? That it would be there'd be something like that where they just can kind of do things on the field that, you know. The other players can't do. Like with Carson Palmer, you know, big, strong arm, all this stuff. Like Matt Leiner just, you know, ran that team super well, really accurate, and just, you know, was, uh, he was one of the greatest quarterbacks in college football history. But what you see Caleb Williams doing is like, that would be more similar to like kind of what like Reggie Bush does, where you're just like blowing your mind. Like you're like mashing your PlayStation controller just because it's so crazy.
0: So he's if Reggie Bush played quarterback. Kind of. With an arm. Sure. Sure. Oh, I like a, it. That's going to be in the that's going to be the front page of like one of those blog sites that just rip off everything we say.
2: Yeah. We we have a I think we have some Oklahoma fans that aren't happy still. Uh, it's been okay. a year, guys. They're in there? There was at least one. Um you know, it
0: Look, they they're coming off, you know, it, it's the bowl season, uh, it's a good. it's a it's a holiday. Yesterday was a holiday for USC fans. Not a holiday for Oklahoma fans I'll tell you that right now based on how they were reacting that day you know they they named a stretch of highway after Lincoln Riley or like a a gutter after Lincoln Riley or something like that (laughs) so that's their thing USC has uh, Lincoln Riley day so yeah
2: yeah I would I just recommend moving on just move on it's okay you know do something else it you know I get it like you really you thought your coach was terrible because he left you, but then he goes on and goes 11-1 and gets a Heisman winner and all that stuff. It's a little bitter pill to swallow, but just, you know, be happy with what you got. Move on. Just people move on sometimes. You just got to move on. Uh, let's see. We got a rematch of the title game, Chris. Uh, they don't want to call it revenge, right? Thule Tule, Tule Peloto was talking about revenge. Um, the revenge tour, which was more of like kind of a last year, revenge from last year. I don't think Lincoln Rally wants them talking about revenge for a game this year, which this would be the only game you would need revenge for because Utah's the only team that beat USC 43-42 back on October 15th. Um, but, yeah, what any initial thoughts on this title game and what some of the players said today about playing Utah again? I mean, I, we
0: talked about this on incident analysis, so basically what I said was I'm not surprised that this has been the message from Lincoln Riley and the staff in terms of toning down that element of "quote unquote" revenge for this game, and that's something that they've done all season. When it comes, excuse me, to these high-profile games, uh, you know, take the UCLA game. You know, who was trash talking? DTR, those guys over in uh, Westwood were trash talking. USC didn't take the bait on any of that. You know, they were very. I'm sure Lincoln Riley was telling them. Don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, didn't say anything. Notre Dame game, you know, they weren't talking trash like that, but still a a big game, hyped-up game, rivalry game, emotional game. But they went about their strategy of keeping it even-keeled. Don't really get too much into the, the idea of it being, you know, a game that's different than, you know, the Colorado game or the Arizona game. Yes, the circumstance is different, but you can't let your emotions get a hold of you in a week like this. So try to keep it, try to keep it same, same every week, have be consistent. Don't get too up or too down based on your opponent. And I'm not surprised that that's kind of been the message this week when it comes to Utah, but I will say, you know, you're, you're human. It's human nature, especially if you're a player, you're a kid. And I, I feel, I feel hard to believe that none of these guys have, have been thinking about, you know, wanting to get Utah, you know, they feel it in their heart and their bones and their minds like, hey, what happened in Salt Lake City really sucked, but we get another chance to write that wrong over there on the road. So while they're not saying, you know, revenge, revenge out in the media, I would not be shocked if, you know, internally they were, you know, hitting on that. You know, I would not be surprised. There was a clip. that was released release. Lincoln Riley go. This is the game we wanted. We wanted Utah because we wanted to write what happened. Uh, Let's go smash these mother effers or whatever, something like that. I would not be surprised if that was in the locker room. That was being said uh, because, you know, it's human nature to want payback. So I know that's hard to kind of coach out of someone or especially when you're in a situation like this. But, yeah, I mean, I think they wanted Utah, to be honest, because it didn't really matter between Oregon and Utah in terms of helping them get to the playoff. Right. It doesn't matter now. It could have been Oregon or Utah. It doesn't matter how who was higher ranked or whatever. But I think if you had the choice, I would say most of them pick Utah Yeah for the
2: for the revenge factor. I think you're right. I think if you talked to players from the team last year, and there were certain games that were going to be important to them just from the way they lost uh, last year. This is now everyone on the team kind of has lost to Utah. So they've all done this together. So this isn't like, oh, I'm going to help Tuli Tupolotu at a rough, you know, a rough time playing UCLA last year. We're going to like all rally around and, and beat the Bruins. And this is something they all experienced. They all lost to Utah. And, uh, you know, you saw Caleb Williams expression on, on his face when, when they lost that game. And, um, you know, the Lincoln Riley, how upset he was with, uh, the officiating and all that. Like there's a lot, I think you can kind of atone for, you know, Alex Grinch allowing, uh, Dalton Kincaid to, to go absolutely bonkers on them and have a career day. Um, all that stuff you want to be able to sort of put to bed. And if you get to beat uh, Utah on a neutral field by a significant margin or by one point, doesn't matter. Uh, I think that sort of will exercise those demons. You're know, like, kind of get that behind them. And then, you know, then it's like, okay, we, we are able to come back. And Lincoln Riley has done this a couple of times in his past where they've had to play a team twice, play them in the championship game again, and they lost during the season and we're able to win there. So, I mean, that's, There's some positives you can take out of that. But I think the big thing is knowing that outside of that one game, you took care of business everywhere. If it was rough like an Oregon State game where the offense wasn't working and you make the right play at the end and and win the game, or you blow a team out, or it's a shootout that goes back and forth, you fall behind early like UCLA, or you just sort of control the whole game like Notre Dame, whatever it is, USC took care of business in every game but that one. They take care of, care of business on Friday, and they're going to the college football playoff, which a couple of weeks ago I would I'd hear national pundits saying like, well, USC probably can't get in and blah, blah, blah. Now it's to the point where USC is definitely in. Maybe USC gets a number three seed, and then there's some national pundits talking about USC getting in if they lose to Utah because there's just not a lot of great candidates to be that number four spot. So I wanted I know you wanted to talk about, Making the college football playoff. So, give me your uh, thoughts on all that, Chris. Which part? On any, what do you mean? Which one? any of it? Like, what 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 are your thoughts on USC making the playoff? If they lose, three seed. You know, what where where are you stand on all this stuff? I
0: posted a theorem, not a theorem, just a thing about the possibility of Lincoln Riley getting to face off against Garrett Riley, his his brother, if. TCU wins the the Big 12 championship against Kansas State, and Purdue upsets Michigan in the Big 10 championship. Uh, Michigan would likely fall. TCU would likely rise. And USC could also rise to the three spot and avoid the 1-4 matchup with Georgia, which is not the game you want. Uh, I mean, it's a game you'll have to play uh, if you want to win the national championship, either way, one way or another, unless it's a stunning upset. But... You have a much better path to the playoff if you can get that 2-3 matchup, which brings up an entirely different point, which is the fact that we're talking about USC's best path best path to the national championship is wild to think after we covered that Cal game at the end of the year, which is just crazy. Well, I did. Ryan did not go. He wasn't that uh, he wasn't that dedicated to the soil in that part. I had to go. I went uh, to a uh, Pac-12 championship game instead. <laughs> Fair enough. But, yeah, I I watched that entire Cal game, that dumpster fire a Cal game, and now we're talking about USC's Beth Pats and championship, and that's wild. And all USC has to do is win. All USC has to do is win. Win and they're in. Win in a ring game, as Lincoln Riley has, stated, has called it, and they get to go to the playoff, which is still bonkers to talk about, still bonkers to say out loud. And should they go if they lose to Utah? I don't know. I mean, it depends on how they lose, I guess, but I don't know. I feel like a house state would sneak in at that point. I don't know if you if the 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 committee would give the benefit of the doubt to USC uh as a two-loss team as opposed to a one-loss Ohio State team. I I don't I don't know if that's what they would do. I don't feel like they would, but I see the argument for why, you know, USC could stay in the playoff hunt if they lose to Utah, but knowing college football and knowing college football rankings and the committee, I feel like they would put Ohio State in in a heartbeat over the Trojans.
2: Yeah. Uh all right. We got um you <laughs> Someone face merged us and did you see that Ryan Trevino? The, yeah, like I put their comment up there. That was pretty funny. Is it the
0: same person that
2: has the Twitter account, Ryan Trevino? I think I think it's the same one. yeah, mm. it's probably it, I assume it's the same one. We also real quick, we also had a um, on our Tunnel vision show, I do not even know you could do this, and someone pointed it out to me. Some people put some donations in there um, and we didn't I didn't mention it. I didn't see it, but I guess I guess you can I, I didn't even know you could do this. Uh, you could donate to like the show that you're watching. And there was like a Notre Dame fan that donated like $10 while we we're watching the show. And someone pointed out that you'd even thank them. I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing you could do. So I, my apologies to anyone if you had been watching the show and you donated. I didn't even know that was a thing. I don't even know where that goes. Wait, I'm, we've been
0: wake- making money off this? Apparently,
2: I, I don't even know. So if anyone knows, uh, let me know. There's like some super chat stuff. I need to get some, I need to uh, figure out some more stuff on this YouTube thing. But uh, it's probably $10,000 sitting in that. <laughs>
1: facebook <laughs> television. uh i bank. think it was ten,
2: ten dollars but uh and it, i saw like a two dollar thing and i'm like so i can go back and kind of look at that or whatever um all right so anything else chris you wanted to discuss before we get into it i got nothing so uh just real quick that the caleb williams is a finalist for the davy o'brien award i is as you know i am not a fan of like bowl projections oops i'll put the different one up there Bowl projections, I'm not a fan of uh, watch lists. Yeah. But once you get down to, like, the finalists, so it's Max Duggan from TCU, CJ Stroud from Ohio State, and Caleb Williams from USC. So there's three. Okay, we'll mention that. Like, I'm not going to mention when there's 100 finalists. Like, that doesn't really make any sense. But so that's good. I mean, the good thing is, you, you know, do you ever flip on ESPN in December and watch the like those Home Depot, like, award shows and stuff. And you're like, Oh yeah, there's no USC guys on any of that stuff. Um, now there will be, um, there's going to be some finals, you know, Caleb Williams, for sure. is going to be one of those dudes. So, uh, very good thing for USC. And of course, if you win the Heisman, that's a a really big deal. All right. Why don't we take a quick break and we will come back and answer questions. (laughs) All right, we're back here on the Peristyle Podcast. I want to thank everybody if you're in our YouTube uh, chat room live. If you have some questions in there, try to put questions. How many people we got? We got. Let's see. I tweeted out a couple times. I had 330 people watching in the middle of a Tuesday. 330 thing. people. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> why oh, my are you goodness. watching us? That's great. Um, that is great. But also, like, why? <laughs>
0: We, so had over, jobs.
2: we had over a thousand people on our Total Vision show, which is that crazy. I get
0: It's a weekend. It's a Sunday it's night. Sunday, yeah. This is Tuesday at like
2: 150. <laughs> I'm always fascinated. I love it. But thank you so much for tuning in. If you're listening on the, you know, whatever podcasting app you're on, thank you for that as well. We appreciate appreciate you guys making us a little part of your day. We're gonna get to our questions, and uh I got a voicemail for you, Chris. Here you go. Is it Eddie? Brian and Chris, yo. Uh. (laughs) He's laughing because I know it's
1: him. Uh, Can you believe it? Holy cow. Oh, my goodness. Uh. Eddie from Orange. Uh, Elated. You know, um, I saw this coming from a mile away. I saw the defense stepping up. You know, I, I I knew that Grinch would let up the box and just, you know, dare them to throw the ball, and, and Pine did a good job. But, you know, Grinch gave him enough rope, and eventually Pine hung himself twice. And that was the difference in the game. You know, Caleb Williams is Superman. Uh, Pine isn't. And that defense that everyone said all year long eventually would run out of luck. We're running out of turnover luck. Has it. And, uh, it's by design. I think, uh, I don't know if you think so, but I think we should all, uh, you know, have a little gratitude towards Grinch and, um, the way his defense plays. Angry Giraffe was amazing. Talk to you guys later. Bye. What do you think? Chris? I'm going
0: I'm to be, sh- I'm going to be straight up honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I started laughing, one because I knew it was gonna be Eddie from Orange County, but also it would just straight up sounded like he was uh, having an orgasm at the top of that, uh, at the top of that call. Just straight up, I'm gonna be honest, just like straight up, uh, little, little TMI. Little, yeah, but you know whatever. Just 300 people here, <laughs> <laughs> they can uh, they can appreciate that. But can they they can hear the voicemail, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, they can. Hear yeah,
0: 100. percent Everyone's gonna agree with me in the chat. Otherwise, but, we'd just be sitting here like. Well, I I, I was just thinking that, but. You know, I I think Grinch and that defense for all the crap they've taken for, and some of it right rightfully so. You know, they 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 deserve some criticism that's come their way, but they also deserve a lot of praise for for you know stepping up in big moments and having a short memory when they get beaten up on on certain drives and, and coming back and being resilient and all that stuff. And just just think to last year's defense where they couldn't stop anyone and couldn't get a turnover to save their life or was just get run out of the stadium by, like, the second half. And, yeah, this team has given up a lot of yards but and some touchdowns, but, man, they they fight. And I think that's kind of all you really want, wanted out of this defense you, yep. that you knew had talent, but not talent across the board. You know, you had talent in spots, and guys needed to step up. You don't have that consistent depth and talent in the wings like a Georgia or an Alabama or an Ohio State. You don't have that yet, so it was going to be a little bit of a grind. But to their credit, which they deserve a lot of, they have been grinding. Alex Grinch and his defense have been grinding and that defensive staff. So, yes, they deserve uh, a lot more credit than I think they've gotten this season. They've had some fair criticism, but I think you have to give them some flowers for what they've done. And we don't know what it's going to look like on Friday. We don't know what it's going to look like in a possible playoff spot or in a bowl game or whatever. Sure. But, hey, they've done their part to help USC get to this point.
2: They have, yeah. They've, they've, they've had to play a critical role, and uh, it's been important. We got some emails. Uh, LA Transplant says, rematches make me nervous. Give me something on why I should calm down. Mm. I, think, I think
0: USC is peaking at the right time yeah and i think that says a lot i think that goes for a lot in sports if you're peaking at the right time and i know utah loves playing with that underdog mentality but they are beat up and i think usc has that extra edge of knowing that is a rematch and lincoln riley's 2-0 in in conference championship games to a team he's lost before so there's something about Riley and getting that rematch that gets him going and brings out another level of his team. So I think those are things that should make you feel better. And Utah's really beat up. I mean, everybody's beat up at this point of the season. Utah, I mean USC's dinged up too, but Utah's really dinged up. So I think that should count for something. But just be cautiously confident. I would say. Yeah. They do have the motivation of having lost to them before. I think that counts for something. Um.
2: We had a Michigan fan in the chat. I had to kind of mute okay. him. He was uh, a little, but I, I, I want to point, I, he did have a comment. The machine guy? Yeah. Caleb Williams is a stud, no doubt, but that defense will be your crypto night, like a uh, cryptocurrency. <laughs> it's, different. Hmm. it's a little different. So Maybe, maybe it's like the market's going to crash or something. I'm right. not sure.
0: Um, yes. Look, I don't, and I've been on record in saying like, I don't, I don't think the defense would hold up, hold up, hold up well against like a Georgia, yeah, in like the Peach Bowl. Like they've got ballers on the offensive line. They got talent across the board. They have the best tight end in the country, and he could go for maybe 900 yards against his defense. I don't know, but I just don't think that defense would have enough juice to get through full four quarters. You know, they could start off hot, but then you know points start going. But, hey, I've said they're, they're fighters, so maybe they come up with a play when it's like 60 to 65 or something. I don't know. Yeah, But USC does have the offense and the quarterback to put up points on anyone. Uh, could that work against Georgia? I mean, they are technically part of anyone. So that would be – I just think Georgia is the worst matchup for them in terms of a really, really strong defense, elite-level defense, and the best side in the country. That's like their worst matchup. Yeah. But – you know, roll the ball roll the ball out there and play it. I, I think they would make some plays, but I don't know if they'd be enough for four quarters against a team that has just been stocking four and five stars in talent for sure for, for years and years. So but hey, that's why you play the game. Yep. I think I think even if you you expected USC to get blown out by like thirty points or something, you would still take that match you would still take that game in a heartbeat. Play for a chance to go in the national championship. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Why not?
2: Uh, I had your Twitter handle, like David Woods' Twitter handle up there. So I'm my bad about that one. I'll I'm David it. Woods. You're David Woods. You can follow him on uh, Twitter at Chris and Trevino. Uh, but I will, yeah, I'll fix that later. There's some weird stuff that was happening in the, uh, like the, I like, if you just look at the, um, comments and stuff, uh, like the way I put it up there on social media, it's a little different. I had to kind of do that on the fly. So some of the stuff was weird in our system. So I'll try to work on that. Uh, When we get going here, let's see. We got Cameron says, hey, fellas, first time checking in with you. Long time USC football fan. Your excellent journalism commentary and analysis is awesome. And welcome to the Inside Troy team. Jack, you are dialed in, brother. SC defense has been bludgeoned on social media, yet they keep playing above themselves and improve. His question is, as our recruiting juice gets stronger, will USC veer away? From tactically using smaller, more agile defensive players or go big, like Big Ten Big, recruiting bigger players in order to play with the, quote, big boys from the Midwest. Thanks, Cameron from Thousand Oaks. We've talked about this multiple times on the composite
0: two-star recruit, so I recommend trying to check out some of those uh, episodes. I don't have them off the top of the head, but there's somewhere we talk about defensive line recruiting. Okay. But what Gerard has said and I've like felt the same way is that it's going to be like a, we're like push comes to shove where I think USC does need to get a little bit bigger because in the big 10, you know, it's, it's a different animal out there. Yep. And, you know, even like O'Reilly is, I, I believe he was specifically asked about recruiting different, knowing that you're going to the big 10. And he mentioned that, yeah, you, you have to adapt to that and they will adapt to that. And I think yeah. part of that is, getting a little bit bigger on the trenches. I think they're still going to prioritize uh, athleticism and multi-sport athletes, especially like with edge players and defensive ends. You, you want that, those athletes on the field in that position don't need to be smaller, but you know, you're talking about getting those, those bigger, even with their linebackers don't need to be the biggest, they don't need to be six foot four and all that, you know, yeah. like attack at Curtis is six foot two two twenty, but he can run, out the gym and you can go silent side and sideline like that played safety so i think in some positions you still want that speed but in the front when you're talking about defensive linemen i think they want more athleticism but i think we're going to see a trend of them try to get bigger knowing that they're going to have to go against some some uh big offensive lines uh in the uh in the big 10
2: yeah we got tina from los angeles she says ryan chris jack Wow, last night was amazing. Electric and the Collie. Take it or leave it. So we're getting, she's doing some take it or leave it here. tier. Uh, Tule, it. Tule has two or more sacks Friday since this is an away game. It's not really an away game. Actually, USC is a home team. Neutral side uh, game. So will he get two sacks? Oh, this is tough
0: because, you know, Utah was getting the ball out quick. It's all like City. They didn't – USC did not have a sack in that game. And – Utah, really good at protecting Cam Rising, getting yeah. the ball out quick. He's mobile. Well, he's kind of mob-
2: hobbled, I think, a little bit. A little
0: bit it. hobbled, and they do – they've only allowed uh, less than 10 sacks. I believe they've allowed eight sacks a season. They're one of seven teams in the country that have not allowed double-digit sacks this year. So it's going to be tough for two. I think you can get one. I, I, would, I wouldn't say two. Uh, like you said, Rising a little bit hobbled, but I think they're going to still be good at getting the ball out quick. But I would say at least one. So I would leave the two. Okay. But I don't want to, I, but I can't really, you know, officially, I won't officially uh, leave it because I can't bet against the monster Thule coming out.
2: Okay. And then uh, she also says now that USC has played Utah and can better game plan, Kincaid will have less than 100 yards receiving Friday. Less than 100 yards?
0: Mm-hmm. I would say. I'll take that. I'm gonna take it too. I think he'll have a decent game, but it's no—it's
2: not gonna be close to 16 for 234. Yeah, like if he had like six catches for like 85 yards and a touchdown, like that's a really good game, you know? That's essentially half of what you get. It's, it's less than. I mean, it's, yeah, right. 84. It's, it's not even. It's like a third. A third. You know, yes. it's insane. Like what he was able to do. So I think you can have a really good game, just not have a career game, uh, and that's the the term that uh, that Alex Grinch used today career uh eric at duck country uh ryan and chris what do you think gives this team more of an advantage utah having the confidence of knowing you've already beaten usc or usc having the motivation of revenge i'll take the motivation yeah i think there's motivation
0: i think motivation is more powerful than confidence because it's not like they beat them by 20 no they beat them by one you needed everything to go right yeah
2: you need everything to go right including being at home you know, a couple of good flags. You some, needed all of that. And right now, if you I'm not a conspiracy theory person that the Pac-12 was trying to screw USC or anything. I know some USC fans think that. I mm-hmm. don't think that. But if you happen to think that, the Pac-12 would like USC to win this game now. So that would be one thing that you're not going to get. Like if the refs were not on your side, which I don't think that was the case. Um they would be on this game because it's better for the Pac 12 if USC wins and goes to the playoff because the Pac 12 needs a playoff team. So, yeah. So, I a lot of the stuff that sort of went Utah's way, I don't know if he'll go Utah's way this time. Is Dalton K going to have his career game? Is you know, Cam Rising going to be able to play as well as he did? You know, running I, hey, two point, I'm just going to run it in myself. Like, he doesn't look like the last couple of weeks he can do that right now. So, I will see. Utah can still win the game, they're a really good team, but a lot of the things that sort of worked that you needed all these things that go right for Utah to win. Some of them aren't just going to be there for this one. So you're going to have to figure out other ways to kind of tip the scales one way and get Utah a victory. Uh, Frank at Sacramento. Isn't it great where we don't have a Pac-12 officiating crew and how few penalties get called? No dumb ones. Um, was it an ACC crew that was in the That's what team? they were saying. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't pay attention to that one, but yeah, um, we need, so this is Frank in Sacramento. We need to talk about this guy's return. Number 18 is the man. He uh, pointed out that Eric Gentry led the team in tackles mm-hmm. with nine. Um, any thoughts on Eric Gentry, Chris?
0: I think he's key for this defense in, in both as an emotional leader and his play on the field. Super talented. You saw him all over the field on uh, Saturday night, making tackles, almost got a sack, you know, it's just different when you got a, you know, a six foot six spider out there, angry giraffe kicking around uh, in the middle of the defense. So, it definitely brings this defense to another level. I would say. I think and, so too. And it's it's huge. His energy is just, you can feel it's it. It's infectious, mm. and it really inspires guys, especially yes. you know on the sideline. I watch it all the time, and yeah, it definitely brings another level out from these guys and this defense as a whole. So yeah, huge having him back, and huge having him for this week back again as well, especially with knocking off a bunch of that rust
2: uh, against Notre Dame. Yeah. No, I think that was big. Uh, We got Don says, good job recruiting Jack. He's well-prepared. Could you tell him he doesn't have to shave every day? Maybe when the scheduled segment with Chris and you, you could ask Jack not to shave for a couple of days. I don't worry about his shaving. Is it some kind of joke or something? I don't know. I don't get that. My too Mo- old. Movember, Movember? Maybe. I don't know.
0: Uh, Look, he's also like 15. I don't know if he can like grow yeah. anything. He probably hasn't shaved in like three
2: years. <laughs> if he ever has. Uh, Corey, realistically, what can USC, USC expect from Corey? Didn't see any tackles. Actually, didn't see him touch anyone. You saw that interception, right, against UCLA. Everyone says SC can't stop anyone. But on the other side, no one can stop USC's offense. The fact that the offense is so good, it puts pressure on opponent Opponents' offenses, which helps the USC defense create takeaways. Well, I know yeah.
0: he didn't watch the game because Corey definitely did touch someone. He almost had that sack. Yeah. Um, the one right before the fourth the fourth down, and he was able to slow him down. Uh, he was pissed at himself and didn't get the sack, but Tyrone <laughs> teleni was right there to knock him down and make it fourth and short, and eventually was a turnover on down. So yeah. did definitely touch somebody. Uh, nearly had a sack. Yeah.
2: It was big. What, do you think, like, the offense does put pressure on the defense. I mean, put pressure on opposing offenses and maybe forces them into some turnovers. Yeah. I think it contributes. Um, But it's all like, that. it's all how it works together. Like if you have an explosive defense, which we don't hear that term a lot, but they just make these big explosive plays. Having an offense that gets the lead sort of helps that because now you've put pressure on the opposition and now they might take some chances. And then when you're, um, you know, kind of forcing the issue on the defensive side of the ball, you can, you know, it, it'll it opens up the door for the opposing offense to make a mistake and throw a pick or fumble a snap or whatever it is. And yeah, I think that I think it works together. I, that's one of the things that you can look at the defense, you can look at the offense, but I think a lot of times they just kind of work together pretty well. Um, they complement each other, which is kind of what you want, even though they're not, they're not on the field at the same time. But the way they, you know, react in the game, it seems like it does help each other. Um, Fred says I don't know if anyone saw this this was about the UCLA game the Pac-12 headlinesman reached for a flag to call targeting on the security guard who knocked down that guy who ran out onto the field during the USC-UCLA game Fred in Saratoga Sarasota did you see that Chris? Uh, you you filmed it oh I thought I thought he said Notre Dame game no no the the UCLA game the ref throwing the flag hey look it's
0: practice on the screen oh nice we're the there. Fox got their B roll playing, and I guarantee you that's all they got.
2: That was that, was, that it. was it. That was just a really short practice this morning.
0: Is he asking if that was targeting? No, because he did not lead with the head. Nice. No, but you did you
2: see the ref? It was make a yeah. joke that the ref threw up. Keely. Oh, there's Keely. <laughs> nice. Right, let me get a
0: photo oh. of this. I don't I don't get that
2: tweet in. Lincoln Riley. Uh, talking about this stuff we got a couple of questions we'll get to and then uh we'll get out of here. This one's from um Manford. If we get to play TCU, how crazy would the Riley versus Riley storyline be? That's your pretty thing. crazy. That's your thing. It would be the
0: the dominating thing of this game, which would be Riley versus Riley. you know they both know each other they would both know <laughs> what they were gonna call so it'd be pretty they know fascinating. Each other. Yeah, I think they know each other pretty well. Uh, I meant like they know what each other would be thinking to call in right. certain situations. So yeah, it'd be uh it'd be huge, mm. and it's the two kind of, I guess least strong teams in the playoffs. So it'd be like the winner would get to play one of the stronger teams. seems if Michigan lost,
2: yeah, um, if Michigan lost, they're not one of the stronger teams anymore. Then it's just Georgia. But, like, they beat number two Ohio State, you know.
0: Yeah, that's true. On the road,
2: you know. That was pretty impressive. Yeah. Uh, This one. Who is this? Know thyself. Um, This is, do you think the Pac-12 prefers us in the playoffs or not? Yes. Yeah, I think the Pac-12, if you're George Klaavkov, you want this. And I know there's debate Cause it's like USC. I can get, play the sound. That uh...
1: the blast came from the Death Star. That thing's operational. Let the hate flow through you.
2: Kind of a long drop, but yes, the Death Star is back. If USC makes the playoff, this is what most of the Pac-12 feared. That's what they enjoyed when Clay Helton was the head coach for so long. But I think if you're George Kleyovkov, you still got another year of USC and UCLA in the conference. So making a playoff this year for USC is probably better than next year when it would be like the last year. And you could argue that, well, if you make it this year, you could make it ne- next year too. But I feel like the drought, the playoff drought has been talked about enough that at least you would you'd get over the drought. Washington fans are definitely pulling for USC. Washington, everyone wants everyone in Washington wants USC to win because if USC wins, Go to the playoff, then Washington can likely go to the Rose Bowl. The rest of the Pac-12, probably not so much. Um, you know, you don't want USC to win. But the better for the betterment of the conference, you need USC to win to go get a playoff team in there. Now, we've seen this conference be very bitter and not care. Like, you would rather, you know, um, just see USC lose and not make the playoff than, you know, have the Pac-12 make the playoff at all. That's sort of just the way things go. But I don't know if you have any different thoughts, Chris. Nope. Yeah. One last one from Graham. Do you think uh, there's a chance that Jordan Addison will sit out any of the last two games? Nope. He's probably a top 10, top Move it on. pick. Move it on. Why risk further injuring yourself? Move it on. Yeah. Uh, no, I don't, I don't agree with that either. So I don't think he's going to uh, sit out. We've already like Davion Thomas for the, the Utah running back, who's just not really done much this year. I don't think, but he's sitting out. He got hurt in the Buffalo, in the uh, Buffalo, the, Game against the Buffaloes, the Colorado game. So he's out for this one. Um, there
0: was some weird stuff going on with him. Like, he's not dressing for games, wasn't traveling yeah, for games. Something there was, was some weird. Like, weird Whittingham was playing dumb when it came to like asking about his status. And there was like vague calls about like accountability with in reference to him. So just weird, like, locker room stuff going on there. So,
2: yeah, something's, but it is transfer portal time. Like it is that time of year it's hap- it's happening. You're seeing a lot of stuff popping up. Um, so you gotta be on watch, make sure you go check out uscfootball.com. Uh, we will have all kinds of stuff on whatever's going on in the transfer portal, lots of news notes and every and insights into what's going on there. All right. Well, I think we can wrap it up, Chris. Uh, yeah, we got a bunch of people, um, on the chat. We appreciate you for coming in saying hello uh please smash that like button we got to get it over 100 we have 345 people in there and only 91 likes come on get in there oh there, it says chat revenue so there's a little thing it says so we got how five, much should we make five dollars five hundred dollars five wow $5. wow $5. that's gonna pay for the whole vegas trip i don't even so like i said don't know how this works Five hundred um, if you amazing. donated five dollars to it i mean don't need to do that but thank you very much i will i don't even know where that goes we'll have to figure that $500. out that's <laughs> five hundred dollars it's incredible $5. Um, $10,000 on
0: Saturday, $500. This is incredible. <laughs> thank you guys. You're the it's best. Revenue. You're the best.
2: Um, yes. But thank you for doing that. Thanks for listening uh, wherever you are. And we do enjoy doing these. We have a lot of fun. It's certainly a lot more fun. Speak for yourself. When USC uh, is good. Um, but we can talk about a team that's winning as opposed to when you're going to fire your coach. Uh, we had many years of that. Now we get to talk about a team that's good. So it's a lot of fun for us too. And we know it's fun for all of you. Um, so we appreciate that. And, uh, thanks for being part of this, being along with us on this journey. It's a, it's a crazy journey. 11 and one year one of Lincoln Riley, uh, with still big goals ahead. Um, amazing what can be accomplished in the first year under Lincoln Riley. Um, just, it's it's just shaking your head at at the possibilities, but you got to take care of business on Friday. You do that opens up an entire new world. It's crazy what could be going on. So, but for, uh, Chris Trevino, I am Ryan Abraham. Hope you enjoyed the show, and we will talk to you next time.
0: You may have noticed that shopping at Trader Joe's is unlike shopping at other markets. People ask us all the time how we manage to have such unique, interesting, and delicious products at such great everyday prices. This is Dan Bain of Trader Joe's. The answer is simple. It's all in the way we do business. We buy directly from the manufacturer whenever possible. This helps to keep our costs low, and we pass those savings on to you. No gimmicks, just great values at honest prices every day at Trader Joe's. Thanks for listening.
2: You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football
0: and recruiting.